Welcome to the Journey of Woman podcast, a place for women to gather, to simply sit, be, and remember who they truly are. I'm Carly, your host, and there really is nothing more magical to me than seeing what happens when women gather. When they share their stories, drop their walls, and simply meet each other heart to heart. It is here that we will be having all the conversations that pertain to womanhood. No filters, nothing off limits, just real, raw and juicy conversations. Our guests range from mostly women living in their career genius and sharing that with us, to everyday women who simply have a story in their hearts they know needs to be shared. The journey of woman is not a linear one. Stories are what bring us together, inspire us, expand what is possible and also for us to know that we are never alone. These conversations and the occasional solo cast will be filled with all the good stuff. There may be tears, there definitely will be laughs, and one thing I can guarantee you is that there will be no masks. Just real conversations with real humans. I hope you enjoy this journey as much as I do. Hello and welcome to the Journey of Woman podcast, and I am super excited to have my guest on today. I have the beautiful Callie Brown dropping in to speak to us and we are going to be talking all things intentional living and that obviously um, can be a very vast conversation and we're just going to allow it to flow wherever it needs to flow and knowing that um, whatever comes through will be perfect for this conversation. So thank you Callie so much for being here. And I would just love having me. Oh, so good. So good. Um, I would love it if you could just start by introducing yourself and just sharing a little bit about how you got to this point. Have you always been someone who has lived very intentionally or were you like me? I was definitely not that (laughs) in my past life, in this lifetime. So (laughs) I would love to hear your journey. Maybe you were intentionally unintentional. Exactly. Possibly. (laughs) Possibly. I like to think so. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, it's, it's feels like a big question, but I'm going to hone it in and, um, and say, yes, I think I've always been a curious cat Mm. and I began, uh, a very early career when I was six as a professional actor and, um, So from the age of six to 27, I was in film and television and theatre and um, was in my first musical that ran for a year called Les Miserables when I was eight. Um, And so it was was kind of being thrown into this world of um, creativity, but adulthood, I feel, in quite a young, a young, like I look at my my boy who's eight now and I'm like, wow, you're, you're really like, I was that little when I was going off and going on to set and doing all these things. But I think what it set me up for was um, an appreciation for uh, asking questions and listening and staying curious because I was always around with adults and trying to make sense of things. And, um, and then the industry itself <laughs> makes you ask a lot of questions about yourself. And when I lost the joy for it, when I was about 27, after um, 
I graduated from a drama school over in Perth called WAPA. And then I, three months before I graduated, I had um, what I call my nervous breakthrough, but it was actually a nervous breakdown. I was 48 kilos and, and very uh, having panic attacks for the first time. I didn't know what they were. And I felt like that was kind of my grand awakening to open up myself to who am I? What is this world? How do I see the world? How do people see me? And yeah. I feel like I'd been asking all those questions anyway when I had been delving into character synopsises and becoming other people yeah. in, in my acting work. Um, but all of a sudden the, the light was really shone on me and what do I value? What brings me joy? When do I feel valued? All of those questions just started to kind of naturally pour out of me in my health journey. Yeah. And then I started to see a coach in my early 20s, a life coach, um, which then just opened me up completely into the chapter that I'm now in, which is a clarity and connection coach. I've been coaching for 11 years and I support women and mothers to be radically self-aware, to be clear and loving within themselves so that they can experience a, a daily life that feels truly aligned and energized and really good. Yeah. And I think that when we're feeling good and aligned and energized within ourselves, then we can make choices and see the world uh, full of possibility and, um, and live a life that is intentional, that is intentional. I think this questioning of oneself was something I'd all like, why am I here was always something that I think was ringing in my ears from a really young age. And there was sort of an underlying anxiety around not knowing the answers to some of those questions, those bigger questions. Pretty big. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. so, and I, so I feel like bizarrely, I think I kind of came in with that, um, yeah. that need to realize that the more intentional you are about actually the questions you ask rather than finding the answers, um, then that kind of has you live more in alignment with what feels good. Yeah. It's that curiosity, yeah. isn't it? That just yeah. keeps feeding, feeding the, um, the motion forward. That's what our, mm -hmm. that's how we evolve. I think is just that constant curiosity and wanting to know and not having an attachment to the answer, I think is massive. So, it's so beautiful. And I think mm. when you say it like that, it reminds me to be that as a mother, because I think yeah. so often we think that we're the teachers oh, yeah. and that everything is a teachable moment. And when our children learn or when they move through this developmental phase, they'll find out, you know, but actually it's really beautiful to stay open and curious to what we can learn from our children. Oh yeah. And I really hope that as a mother, I hold that because I think that was something that was missed and not for any fault of my parents, but just generationally yeah. the interest and the intrigue and the curiosity for you to be educated by the next generation. Totally. Totally. I think that, yeah, it's definitely a generational thing. I think it was just, I mean, there was obviously those few that were already living that in our generation, but that were definitely, I mean, we're probably still the minority, but it was much smaller back then. And I think there was just, it's just such a norm, the that style of parenting and um Yeah, it becomes yeah. a culture, doesn't it? It does. And there was no um there was no role role models really back then to do it any other way. Um, at least not, you know, we have so much access to it now, and especially with the internet, like it's like, yeah, I think we're so lucky to have so many, I mean, it can it can be challenging sometimes, but I think it's also a good thing to have so much information and, you know, to really feel into what feels in alignment with our values and how we want to parent. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's such a big, yeah. 
It is. And I think it's something about also being in our generation. I feel like there is a, and, and I look forward to what's next, but I feel like it's more socially acceptable to talk about mental health and to talk about um, how you're feeling and to spend time in that place. It's not mm. considered as kind of self-indulgent and, taboo. and selfish mm. and, and taboo exactly yeah. when, now, I think especially for women, um, you know, post having babies and things yeah. like that. I mean, you know, my mother, who's just my generation above me, she was uh, given away to her auntie for the first three months of her life. And wow. it was never spoken about, not reason why, yeah. or, and it's just presumed that, you know, her mother went to a place where she couldn't cope. And so baby was passed on for the first three months. And you know, wow. you just think of what that, the impact of that generationally, but also the secrecy behind that. Yeah. And I think what I feel really blessed about is that I have an avenue where I can speak like this in conversation yeah. with another woman and people are going to listen and they're going to nod their heads and we're going to have interaction together, which yeah. makes it possible for me to have a world lived outside of my own heart and head. Does yeah. that make sense? Totally, totally. And I think that's the, that is the key piece in motherhood is knowing that you're not alone because we all yeah. have pretty similar thoughts and feelings. And, yes, there's spectrums of it and, you know, some may go towards one end that others haven't experienced and things like that. But the day-to-day of motherhood and how isolating that can be and all of those conversations. And undervalued. Think, and undervalued, yeah. Like that, yeah, I think we are... Um, yeah, I feel very lucky that that is a conversation that's been happening throughout my journey of, you know, almost 18 years now of motherhood. Even when I look back, um, obviously I was in a very different space too though, but you know, when my two eldest were a lot younger, I was not having those conversations (laughs) with women, you know, like it wasn't. And I think it also, it's who you're around and the ability for someone to be able to hold that level of conversation and not try and fix it, not try and change it for you or anything like that, where it feels like a safe space where you can just be like, holy shit, (laughs) it was a hard day, you know, and have those women that can just hold that for you and not be like, oh my God, she's lost it or she's not a good mum or any of those things. Make something up about it. Just just make a story about it. Yeah. Mm. And know that it's Mm. going to pass. And yeah, I think, yeah, I feel, um, yeah, it's so important to have those women <laughs> in your world, you know. Absolutely. And the ability to to listen to yourself. You know, I think we're also in a time and this wraps this is wrapped up in intentional living is actually beginning to have a relationship with self. Yeah. So that you can acknowledge what is intuition? What is my gut? What does yeah. that feel like for me? And so when you begin to create that practice of listening to yourself and there's lots of ways to do that yeah um then you can begin to uh know when something doesn't feel right and when something does feel right and sometimes it may not make sense that's the thing it pretty much never does (laughs) pretty much never does but but being able to follow that feeling um you know some people put it in the realm of will so when, mm. where am I willing and where am I unwilling? And yeah. as a woman, that's part of intentional living is actually getting really clear about your energy and where am I willing for my energy to output mm-hmm. and where am I willing for energy to input, you know? And that is yeah. when as a mother, it's essential for us to refine that 
within ourselves. Yeah. Otherwise, we're working from a state of depletion yeah. because there's just this energetic expectation of like give, 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 ring yeah. and the mother out, ring the and the mother out. Yeah, yeah the martyr, exactly. Yeah. And so this, this idea of intentionally living actually plays into where does it feel good for me? Where does it not feel good? What is that mm. intuition? What is that vibe? How does that feel? And then where am I willing and where am I unwilling? Yeah. Um, and sometimes, you know, sometimes we're willing to be unwilling. Yeah. Right. And so just being really radically like, honest with yourself. That's what it takes, it. doesn't it? It's like really being honest and not kidding yourself about, mm-hmm. you know, how you're showing up and knowing that it's okay. It's not like, oh, you know, feeling like something that you would be not so proud of as, you know, a non-proud mother moment, you know, not making yeah. that mean anything, knowing that we all have moments where we're like, shit, I could have handled that better. And totally. Um, Totally. I think it's yeah. Dr. Shafali that says, uh, what does she say? I think it's something like 95% of parenting is repair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's repair of self. Yeah. And then it's repair that yeah. of like, okay, that was an effed up moment. I just yeah. had then, okay, I'm going to need to take time away and then come back and actually yeah. talk about that, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and they say, you know, kids are resilient and they are so long as you have that conversation with them. They're able to hold it. Like they're not resilient if there's just like this constant, like not great stuff happening and there's no repair, exactly what you said. Yeah, you know? but, um, and there's a difference, isn't it? Like sometimes they need to be in survival mode, which is the resilience. It looks like yeah. resilience, mm. you know, gee, you're really good. And look at her clean up after herself. And, yeah. you know, she's actually grown up in a, in an environment where if she didn't do those things, she got a beating or, you know, exactly. whatever it is. Exactly. Um, there's that that survival resilience and then there's that deep foundational resilience. Yeah, it's two different very different vibrations. things. Totally is, yeah. Yeah, so just going back onto the intentional living and I would love to hear more about that from, um, you know, how, what does that look like on a, on a day-to-day basis for you? Yeah, it's such a great question. You know, the the wonderful thing about intention is that it's, and this works for me and for other people, it may not work for them, but listening to the rhythm of this may may point you in the way that it does, you know, in a human design way or whatever mm. it is that you, I, I respond to life. I'm a generator. So I'm Same. deep in response mm. yeah. and it's, it's actually necessary for me to respond, you know, to wait for that invitation. And I didn't know that when I was growing up, you know, yeah. the freedom that would have given me to <laughs> know, you know, when I felt like I was pushing shit uphill and it was oh, my yeah. fault. It was just that I was not responding. I was actually trying to agitate, you know, and yeah. bring something Be a manifesto. To, to fruition. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so really I sense that it's a feeling for me when I'm really clear intentionally about how I want something to feel, Yeah. then I'm open to responding to those things that, that generate that feeling. Yeah. So that's day to day. And I actually mean this, like I can wake in the morning and this is difficult thing to unschool ourselves in and to de-school ourselves and to decondition ourselves, but it is genuinely a, it's no longer a, it's Monday, right? We've got this, this, and this. Mm. It's like, it's morning. How do I feel this morning? Yes, it has an element of that feeling of the beginning of the week. Yes, we may have martial arts at four o'clock, right? That's the one <laughs> thing that we need to show up to today. Yep. But outside of that, 
it's, it is a feeling into where my son is, a feeling into where my daughter is, and how do we want the, the wisdom within us to flow today? You know, yeah. where's it going to take us? And there may be, for some people, that may feel a little bit like, whoa, um, that, 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 that there's more, I need more structure. strategies, yeah. structure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, and if that's you, then that's cool too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the feeling that strategies and structure bring for you? Yeah. And so, if it's offering you that, um, uh, like focus and freedom, like maybe that is your freedom, then I would be working with what is it that brings me freedom. And for me, it's what is it that brings me nourishment? And is this a how can we nourish ourselves today? And it's for me, cooking from scratch is part of that nourishment. Um, ensuring we have outdoor time with nature is part of that nourishment. Yeah. Or connecting to my kids and doing something that they love to do is part mm. of that nourishment. And so there's little things like that that are definitely a part of our week that feed our values, that feed our needs. You know, I really do um, play with that intention to have everybody's needs be met, yeah. um, which can be challenging at times because I, I feel like that's where my husband and I kind of come up against each other quite a lot. And I'm sure there's a lot of couples like this yeah. where, you know, he's still kind of playing in that authoritarian disciplinary yeah. parenting and still yeah. playing with his own awareness around that. Yeah. And then, and that's not, that's not good or bad, you know, no, I'm not putting myself on is, a hierarchy yeah, here. Yeah. It's just, it's just Different. where we're both at. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, I really do have a belief that the women right now in this time are the vision keepers and the visionaries. And I really do offer that in my client spaces with women that I work with to, to hold on to the vision for the family and that the man will, they're waiting for that direction, you know? And so they will in their own time come along for the ride of that vision. Um, So I guess when you ask about my every day, it really is a, you can sense it's more a feeling for me than it is about a, a structure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. That's how my days pretty much work as well. And just feeling into, yeah, where everyone's at in the day, like who's grumpy, who's not, where do they want to go? Do they want to, yeah, what do they want to do? And because um, we also unschool and I'm going to delve into this more with you in in a moment, but I think that that's really the epitome of it, isn't it? Like it's just following the feeling and you can be more structured in it for sure. I know, um, many families are a lot more structured around yeah. that than what I am. And again, that's the beauty of it. It's like, it's really working with our own energy and how we thrive. And then the kids thrive with that because yes. um, we're in our, cause we're thriving. It's like, and I mean, that's yes. a generator thing as well. Like we impact people the most when we are lit up, you know, and mm-hmm. I when know when it, the joy, when we're following the joy and I, whenever I'm not doing that, it's the only time I get burnt out. It's the only time I'm like, yeah, I just feel like so depleted and, um, yeah, 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 it's so true. Like when I had my, um, my nervous breakthrough, I remember going and seeing a psychotherapist and I had like never done anything like that before. I was 21, I think 22. And I walked into her waiting room and she came out and (laughs) She just put two oranges in my hands and just said, you hold those because they'll bring you some joy. And then I'll I'll just finish with this client and I'll come out. And I remember sitting there looking at these oranges and thinking, what does bring me joy? Like I had completely lost 
any connection to joy. And it was just like, and I actually ended up going, that's all I need from this space. And this woman is that question. I'm out of here. Yeah. And I got up and I put one orange down, took the other orange and ate it in the cup <laughs> and, and, and was just like re- this revolutionary, this wow. idea of like, I'm just not connected to my joy anymore. Yeah. And one step at the time, I'm going to start bringing in the, the little stuff that brings me joy. Thank you, lady. Like, yeah. what, what a question. And I got huge response, like, over my whole entire body when you said that. Like, mm-hmm. it's so simple. And I was listening to you speak before, and it's, it's the questions that you're asking yourself, I think, that are so powerful. Like, when we have the mm-hmm. power to ask the right questions to ourselves, like, it's, this is... This is something that I've just like has really been landing for. I mean, I've known it for so long, but it's landed for me so deeply in that I feel like I'm fully embodying it now. Yes. Is that the questions that we ask ourselves and the like we are the only ones who can change anything in our lives, you know? Like we can look mm-hmm. out and go, Well, my husband's not doing this or the kids aren't doing that. And yeah, it's so easy to displace those things and look at our outer world and go you know if if only they did this then this would happen or whatever and I think you know the only place that we have power is with ourselves and how we show up each day and Mm -hmm. that is something Mm -hmm. that I've just really been working with is asking myself the right questions you know like yeah really just being very intentional with the questions that I'm asking myself. And is that bringing about, it doesn't necessarily bring an answer, but is it moving me in the direction that I want to go? That's what Mm. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. And is it expanding my um, sense of self and my opinions and, you know, anything, there are expansive questions and then there are questions that are just, you know, um, contractive. And I think those questions were never honoured when we yeah. were children is to ask questions, the constant why, why, mm-hmm. why, why was just considered like that. What a pain Annoying. in the ass. Or stop yeah. being silly. Stop yeah. being rude. Stop being pointless. Yeah. You know, really lis- being listened to is actually what generates the skill of being a really good listener. Um, is when, and that's what I think was the biggest revelation for me when I became a coach 11 years ago was actually that one of the whole weekend intensives was on listening, the skill of holding space and actually hearing something, hearing the energy between the story of what you're being told by another human being. It is actually connecting to the Mm. essence of somebody, you know, it is a skill and it's something that because we've sat in a lecture room where we've been lectured at, lectured at, lectured at, and then we go home and we're lectured at, we're lectured at. So this little voice inside of us, this wise Mm. source energy that's inside of us that can direct us and tell us, well, turn around. That's not, not a, you know, not a good person, not a good energy or whatever is completely shut down. Switched off. Yeah, totally. That was a big aha moment for me too when you just said that, like the whole um, in order to be a good listener, you needed to have been listened to. Mm-hmm. That's huge mm-hmm. because most people have experienced a life and an upbringing where they weren't. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? Yeah, and it's why yeah. it's it's it can be hard. It can be hard to just be able to just sit and listen and yeah yeah really um 
be with someone. So that's massive. Thank you for sharing that. It is massive. And I think my son reminds me of that more and Mm. more because like he's eight and there'll be times where I'll be on my phone and he's saying something to me and he'll go, mom, mom, I need you to listen to me right now. And I'll be like, oh, wow, that's a slap in the face. Yeah. Okay. Phone goes down. Actually, I'm turning that phone off. Yeah. I'm here. I am here. And it might be the most pointless conversation that he's telling me. Yeah. But he is telling me right in that moment, I need your undivided attention. Yeah. Yeah. That's why so (laughs) many of us, that's why so many of us feel like we need validation in life, which I know is part of the human design as well. But that, you know, if, if you're feeling like, oh, I need validation from others, I need acknowledgement from others. Most of the time it's because you're not being offered undivided attention in your life by somebody, which is why so many of us go to therapy because (laughs) you've got someone's undivided attention, you know? It's true. It's true. Yeah. My daughter does the same. I need you to look at me, mum, So I know you're listening and I'm like, yes. Okay. Just give me a second. Let me finish what I'm doing quickly. Cause I'm, when I'm writing, I, it's like, it's all in my head and I've just got to get it out. And mm-hmm. it's like my children just have this knack of knowing <laughs> they don't realize yes. they know, but it's like, when I'm in this like space and I just, I'm like, I've just got to get it out. Just give me two seconds. And then you've got my attention. But, um, yeah, I know that just by hearing those words, I'm like, there's definitely times where I haven't. Like, I'm just like, yes, I'm just doing this. And yes, I'm just, I'm maybe like they can feel sometimes. like when you said that, maybe they can feel that your attention is fully somewhere else. Yeah. And that makes them uncomfortable, you know, because yeah. it's the same with me. And I think that's the one thing I say a lot around business and running a business and, and, and also unschooling or, or, you know, choosing not to go down the mainstream with having your kids cared by others um, yeah. in the education system, et cetera, is that you, you actually can't run traditional business and be like creative, a creative alongside having the kids at home. I agree. It's inconvenient. Yes. It doesn't work. It doesn't. Right? It doesn't. And that's why there needs to be that, that desire or um, choice to make it work for yeah, you. Exactly. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. Because this is something that I wanted to bring up because you did a IGTV, I think, um, a few weeks ago around um, how business and homeschooling don't work together. And I agree 100%. And I thought, oh, gosh, so many people I reckon we're going to be like... <laughs> Probably push it. That was going to push a button. But I think what you shared, it's true. It's true because you can't do business in the normal way. Like say that you would have done pre-kids. And I mean, I was, I was 21 when I had my first um, baby. So they're really, I feel like there wasn't really a life for me before pre-kids except partying, you know, that was, (laughs) so I don't have that experience of like, oh my gosh, I just think sometimes I'm like, wow you know, what, what would have happened if I had have had business before kids and what would that have looked like? But, but your business, what you offer to the world would be very, very so different. different. So different. Because your business has been educated from your experiences. Through them. Right. Exactly. So this is why we're not doing traditional business because exactly. we're bringing ourselves to our work. That's right? right. And this is actually a really important point because 
what a lot of people say, well, how can I get paid for that? Because it's just my experience. Like I'm not an expert. I haven't studied or, but our experiences, that's actually traditionally and indigenously how we did pass on wisdom. wisdom. Yeah. And so, but we've undervalued it because we've gone into this industrial age and this patriarchal paradigm that just dishonors the, the, I'm, you know, I'm here having a conversation with you and I might be two steps ahead of you, but what I have to offer you is something that's going to expand you into the next evolution of yourself, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's really important to value here that both you and I understand, and I think anybody who started the homeschooling journey, school cannot happen at home. No. Home is not the place for school. <laughs> It is not. God, God help you if you are trying to take to take that model and bring it into the home. I know. Right. So I've many seen do. it work. Yeah. I know. And I've seen it work with beautiful um, friends who have gone, yes, I want to continue. Like I have a friend who's got a wait list as a psychotherapist. She absolutely loves her work. Two teenage children, both of them choose have chosen to to stay at home and want to continue. So she does have a tutor. And she has a tutor four hours every day, Monday to Friday, where the kids are with the tutor and she's off in the office having her psychotherapy clients. And then after that, she shuts down, they shut down and they go out and life learn, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's what works for them. Yeah. So it's, it, that wouldn't work for me, but no. that works for her. So it's that, but that's not school at home. That's her actually going, what is going to have all of our needs met, which I yeah. think is the, is at the heart and the core and, the evolution always, I mean, you would know, right? Yeah. Like it is not a curriculum based term based no. week based learning when you just, when you choose to bring the learning into life. Exactly. It's a whole different philosophy. And I think it's um, yeah. Even in the homeschooling world, there are people that can't get their head around it because they're so totally, they are so in that world of no, you just bring school to home and yes, yes there is a little more freedom in that. Yes. You can tailor it a little more to um, your child and all of those things. But ultimately, so many of the downfalls of our education system can still happen in that scenario. And it's like, because it's not really, when you're just following a curriculum, it's like, it's going back to that thing of like, just what you're saying of, you know, being in a lecture hall and speaking at, you know, people speaking at you and telling you all this information and it's not always relevant to that child. And I think, you know, the beautiful thing with unschooling, I mean, it's almost, let's be, let's be real. It's almost never relevant to that child because it's just <laughs> shit that they don't want to learn. And it's like, my daughter was really the one who um, created that in our world is because I didn't even really know what unschooling was, but she did three terms of prep and then she was just like, I'm not going to school anymore. This is my son. This yes. is my son. Yes. It's exact- How old is your daughter? I mean, she's 12 now, but um, yeah. she was yeah. five at the time. So, yeah, and, yeah, yeah just same with him. blankly refused to go to school. And I was like, wow, she just, just, and when I asked her why, she's like, I just want to finish my painting. You know, like she hated that, you know, 45 minutes. Okay, we're moving on to the next thing. And then 45 minutes, yeah. all right, maybe she's like, I just want to finish what I was doing. And she just yes. hated that jolty kind of, she's a projector and yeah. you know, very sensitive, had the most beautiful friends at her school, had yeah. a really beautiful teacher. Um, 
So I knew it wasn't that. I knew, you know, and I just trusted her. And she has really led me to de-school. Like I had a lot of de-schooling to do myself. Um, Me too. And I definitely had moments of not trusting her um, because she has definitely not done things in what most people would deem an appropriate age to do things, you know, like yes. watch, she's 10 and she's not even reading yet. And yes. I was like, yeah, she's not, she hasn't shown any interest in it. And now at 12, yeah, she is. But you know what? Like, so what I noticed with her is that she likes to master something in her head and that before she kind of shares it with the world because she's a bit of a perfectionist, but um, that's just the way that she learns. And now like with her reading, it's just, I don't even know how she's done it. Like I couldn't even say like, you know, when, when they get a reader and you take them step by step through and what the teachers teach them or whatever, it's a pretty progressive way of reading and that doesn't always work for every child. And then so they're deemed of course like it doesn't. behind so or whatever, you know. So then there's this, oh, you know, my child's not a great reader, but what if they're just not ready to learn to read yet? And what if we can just trust in them and their own timing and not actually give yeah, a shit and what, what if other that people reading think? Is not, that's it. And what if reading is not applicable to them right now? Like exactly. within themselves, it's right? Not. Within how they see the world, what they're doing in the world. That's I mean, right. they say, when I say to people, do you know what the um, normal reading, reading range is for learning to read? Yeah. And they're like, oh, five to seven. And I'm like, six to 16 exactly six to 16 16. like that is the completely normal range of when people are going and there's nothing wrong with someone who is you know but we're so easy to um uh what's the word um prognosis but it's not um diagnose diagnose our children Mm -hmm. right rather than what you did so beautifully was what i trusted Mm. my daughter yeah. And in those moments, what that does for her is it goes, oh, I can trust myself, yeah. right? Because someone here is trusting me in my choices and so I can trust myself, right? That's the signal we're giving. And a lot of us are sending out, and this is, this is not a go at anybody who has their kids in the system at yeah. all. No. This is just a simple awareness of the fact that how many of us whose kids are in the system can dialogue like this together around how their child learns. Yeah. That's been the beautiful thing of watching mm. my children yeah. is that we you know scientists will sit and watch monkeys, but most of us won't give the time to sit and actually watch, watch our monkeys. children interact, yeah. you know, interact with life, interact with themselves, interact socially. Yeah. Um, all of those fears that we have for our kids, like their socialization, what is that going to happen? You know, are they not going to, they're going to get bored yeah. of me. Yeah. They're not going to get enough, um, out input from other people yeah. um, what will happen if I don't give them opportunities because maybe they would have loved violin but I don't love violins so and now all of a sudden you know it's <laughs> yeah. like we have all these concerns yeah when when if you if you actually read any biographies fuck there's some sorry for my swearing but there's oh. so many incredible stories of people who were in you know, compromised situations where parents had no money and they ended up, you know, leaving school at 11 to go and work at the local blah, blah, blah. And they're the world-class ballerina or, yep. you know, the, the cellist or what yep. they didn't, they didn't need to pick it. it up until yep. they were in the mid twenties or, yep. you know, and we think, Oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. When actually it's the norm it's- when you let someone 
um, ferment and uh, express themselves in their own unique timing. Yeah. And just be who they are and see, like I have four children. So I have seen, um, I mean, the youngest one is only three, so he's still like showing us, but the oldest three all learn so differently, like so differently how they um, consume information to how they process it and just how they learn. Like my oldest, he's a kinesthetic learner. Like he has to be doing to really get it. If you try and say to him, go do X, Y, Z, you can just see it just doesn't compute. He's like, he's auditory learning. And that's why, you know, at school, it's just, it is not ideal for a kid like that because they very Mm. rarely do kinesthetic learning in school. You know, like it's definitely yeah, well, because they're diagnosed as something's wrong with them because they can't yeah. concentrate, they can't sit still, yeah. right? Like not taking anything in when actually, you know, I was a learner through auditory where I needed to say what I just heard yeah. and I was considered the class clown. And it wasn't until my 20s at drama school that I had an incredible improvisation teacher who said to me, Kelly, no wonder you learn lines and all of that so quickly because you're just speaking, speaking off the page you really learn through Through listening to your own voice, you know, like through repeating what someone else has just said. I was like, oh, my gosh, yes. And I didn't learn that until my mid-20s. Yeah, and someone else tells you, you know, like. Yeah. And imagine how different. You just think how different it would be if kids knew all of this stuff. It's like with human design and things like that. I think, oh, my gosh, what a difference it would make. Permission slip. It's just a permission slip. It is. That's all it is. And I think, you know, I do believe we transcend all of that. Like I don't think it, you know, I don't like anything that's very prescriptive and put you in a box. But like you said, you know, as a fellow generator, when you're like pushing shit uphill, like I was a doer, I was, I could just do and do and do. And just when I looked back, once I understood it, I was like, oh my gosh, that's when things work. When I was totally in response, something come in because we magnetize it in and it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't just, um, prescribed to all the little pieces of it where it's like you do this and you have to do that and because you have this gate then you're this and it's like yeah okay I do have those traits I definitely see that (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I also know that we can uh it doesn't have to limit us you know I think um people can get caught up in those things but yeah yeah yeah, with the unschooling it's so true and and it reminds me of that like what's wrong you know we ask we ask people what's wrong what's wrong right? When actually, wouldn't it be great if we were like, what's right? Like, what's yeah. right for you? What's yeah. right? And that was a socially acceptable yeah. question because I think a lot of us can look at human design or something like that and think, oh, well, now I can answer why that's wrong with me. You know, and there's a reason for that <laughs> yeah. now Yeah. rather than actually going, wow, this is a giant permission slip to be embrace more of myself and the way that I am you know, layered and a a complex ecosystem that is responsive to my, not just um, my design, but my experiences as well. And Mm. that's why I think this intentional piece is so important because it grounds you back into um, like possibility of, of, Mm. of allowing lightness with your relationship to self and then looking at what's possible in this world rather than feeling limited by your weaknesses, limited by the lack of things in yourself, which I think the education system only um, massaged for me was the ways in which I wasn't going to succeed in my life. I had my careers counselor in year 12 say to me, Oh, you've picked all the Minnie Mouse subjects. (laughs) 
um, because I'd, I'd picked, you know, creative subjects. Yeah. And she said, well, that is going to bring your score down. And I said, well, I'm either going to spend a year doing the things I really enjoy, like the last year of my schooling, year 11 yeah. and 12, last couple of years, doing things I enjoy or I'm going to do things because they're prescribed and because I may possibly get a better mark. Yeah. When actually if I'm not enjoying it, I can't imagine I'm going to get any better of a mark. Exactly. You know? That's exactly right. And it, that's, oh gosh, it's just, it just bugs me, <laughs> the whole thing. Like I think there's so much like um, pushing children because even as teenagers, they're still children. They're still like, you know, look at my 17-year-old who's like, oh, just what do I want to do with my life? I'm like, you're not meant to know at 17. Like give yourself you're a break. 17. <laughs> yeah, you're 17. Just try lots of different things. It's totally fine. Um but there's like this, yeah, this funneling in of like, oh, well, you're good at math, so then you should do X, Y, Z. And I remember we had this book at um, high school. It was like a careers book and you used to like read through and um, choose at, I think, grade nine maybe we were. So, you know, 14, maybe 15, and you're meant to choose what you want to be for your life. And I think you don't know. It's why so many people go and do mm-hmm. university degrees and go, oh, fuck, I actually hate that. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. a waste of time. But And they never yeah. go on and do it. And I think there's so much to be said about just allowing ourselves time to, I, I think I still, have, you know, I still have moments of going, what the fuck am I doing with my life? But not what am I doing with my life, but what do I want to do? You know, what, mm-hmm. what is, what is the things that really bring me joy? Cause that evolves for me constantly. Like it changes yes. all the time. And I think I have learned to, um, not through my conditioning through childhood, because it definitely wasn't that, but as I've gotten older, just gone, it's okay to change things that there is seasons in our life where we can be very lit up by something and be like, yes, this is I'm doing this. And you go all in and you love it. And it's like, okay, that season has ended now and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I had Isn't to give myself, beautiful? yeah, because yeah. I used to do and my own heading. your mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, yeah, I bet. I used to make um, myself because, wrong for it. <laughs> yeah, or you're flighty or, you know, you're not non-committal, yeah. you're unreliable, you're incapable, all mm-hmm. of these stories that come along, all of these labels that come along with someone who goes, this actually doesn't, and if you, like you say, if you're a kinetic person, it needs to feel good, you know, mm-hmm. like things need, like physically, environmentally, energetically, mm-hmm. if something, like that's my daughter, my five-year-old, and yeah. people go, oh, she's very shy. And I'll think, no, she just hasn't warmed to the space yet. You know, exactly. she needs, Any you know, time. don't call her shy. She just mm-hmm. needs to like feel in, well, she's feeling your energy. She's feeling your energy. She's tuning in. She's mm-hmm. just deciding like, do I want to be here or don't I, you know? Yep. And yep. I want to promote that in, yeah. in her being. Um, and so when you say embracing the seasons and the cycles, it also it also offers me the understanding of the power of the seasons and the cycles also. And when you come back to the land, like when I finally moved onto the land where we are now two and a half acres, part of a 400 acre intentional community, when you start to actually plant the seeds and you know, when the seeds are coming and when the rain might come and when, when you're actually living in rhythm with nature, the understanding and the connection that I am a natural being, that it is natural to change my mind. It is natural to change course, just like the wind, just like the tide. You know, it is very natural thing. And actually it is unnatural and not innate 
to stay stuck on the same yeah. path for yeah. 35 years yeah. because <laughs> because I made my bed, so I'm going to sleep in it. I know. I know. And you just think about so much of how the whole of society is constructed is to take us away from our innate knowing and beingness and really put us in that, really put us in that life of just being so disconnected and when you're talking about... So dependent on everything outside yeah, of ourselves. Yeah, and just complicated everything like because it actually is really simple. When we are actually just coming back to the simple things of, like you were saying, just being connected to nature, that is the first step, I think, in really shifting things. And because that was something I was going to ask, is like for the mums listening out there, and even not mums, you don't even have to be a mum to do this, but... Um, like what are some ways that, um, you know, people who are wanting to live more intentionally, but you know, you can get, it's so easy to get swept up in our habits of how we've always done things. And so how can they start to make that shift if they're not living as intentionally as they would like to be right now? Yeah. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And, you know, there's kind of three things that my head goes to. So I'll start with the first one. The first one is, you know, that feeling when you leave home to go on an adventure, like to go on a, or you, you, at the moment you don't, there's, there's more that like there's home, where's home. Yeah, um, but you know, like, like I just did that, that feeling of leaving your life for a holiday. Yeah. And then it takes you sort of three days to shift gear. And then that third day is like, oh, wow, I, I like my partner and the kids are great. And <laughs> oh, wow, the ocean is so medicinal, right? And you start to see the world through this different lens. Yeah. So I offer that as a visual because slow the F down yes. is where you start. Yes. That is the first place that you mm -hmm. offer yourself a permission slip to simply slow down. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> right. That's actually number one mm. is like, okay, I can, I can go slower than this. And if you're anything like my twin sister, who's a type A personality, who's already done her 60 kilometers on the bike in the morning and then she's got the kids on and then <laughs> sometimes I just say, just take a breath, yeah. right? It's just, just a breath. Notice where you can slow things down. You don't have to change anything, just the pace. That's the first place. And then once you've offered yourself a pace shift where you kind of can bring in that, that holiday energy, mm -hmm. that's then when you get to take a moment and go, what do I value? What is most important to me? And this is something I ask myself consciously, like, constantly yeah <laughs> because what is important to me right in this very moment is going to be honoring my values i know that those two must go together right mm. so when you know what's most important to you and actually sit there and if you're you may be a pen and paper person or you may just be someone that can work it through in your mind or you may be someone who can get your phone and do a voice memo i do that a lot yeah. where you just voice memo it out what's most important to me right now what matters most to me? And if you're finding difficulty connecting to that, ask yourself the question, what breaks my heart about the world right now? Mm. What breaks my heart about the world right now? 
And you get to answer that question, like spend some time with that That's question and, mm. then you, and then you will find what matters most to you, exactly. right? You will find that it is mm. connection, yeah. you know, that it is, it is um, intention. These are yeah. the things that matter most oh, to me, yeah. right? When I think about what, what breaks my heart most about the world is what we talked about before and, and it's been like this for a long time is that people don't feel heard and valued. individuals for their choices for who they are for how they see the world for you know who they are that they don't feel heard and valued it's huge Mm. for me every individual deserves to feel like they matter yeah and that they have a place to contribute here on the planet that's why they're here you know and they need that for me it's like devastating that someone feels other than that yeah um so we've said slow down slow the pace ask yourself what do i what do i value most what matters most to me which will point you towards your values and then you get to ask the question which so many of us have no idea what it is in the beginning which is what do i want what do i want because (laughs) so often as children we've been told you can't always have have it i know hallie you can't always have what you want deal with it you can't always have what you want what would happen if we actually were able to sit in the wait a minute i can always have what i want and what i want is what i can have like i would never want it if i couldn't have it yeah that's so that's where one. i would start <laughs> no biggie <laughs> And I would say be light and playful with that too. That's the thing that I find you'll see on my Instagram and that sort of thing, that that joy and fun and lightness Mm -hmm. around these really kind of big can at times be confronting questions is actually why I coach is to actually bring people into their equilibrium and their play with that and to see that opening up those parts of themselves and bringing in spaciousness like the spring clean into what they value, what matters most to them and what they want is actually going to be the foundation of like the jumping cushion at the, um, at the caravan park, you know, when you've got air in that, then you can, you can play through your life. Yeah. Yeah. I think you do such an amazing job of doing, bringing that to your Instagram feed and Facebook and you know, that, that joy and your hilarious reels and, you know, like just showing that, yes, you can do all these things and it can be fun. Like I know for me, I definitely, when I first started this whole awakening and um, I was very serious. I was like, yeah. the perfectionist in me was like, okay, I need to do this right. <laughs> and it was like, oh shit, I'm not doing it right. And I'd be, yeah, like I lost the joy in everything mm. for a time there. And um, from, I mean, it's another part of where I'm at at the moment is really just trying to cultivate, even just in the smallest moments, more joy and more fun yeah. with the kids and just, yeah, not taking life so seriously because... Yeah, they're a perfect... They're actually, a, that's great that you've got like, you know, the 17-year-old and then the three-year-old because it does remind you, doesn't it, that there's like the joy of being childlike mm. is, some, is an essence that we can yeah. carry with us through life. And where does that end? Where does that imaginary, you know, like I see my daughter playing with our neighbours a couple of years older than her and they both go, you pretend that you've got the dog and it's walking <laughs> and then it stops at the shop and I'm the lady who's at the shop. And then they go and do that. 
you know, know. and it's like, why did, you know, if you and I were going out for, for you know, like a dance and we're, we're in 18, 19, you pretend you're, you know, like, no, we're just, totally good. You just think, where did, like, where did that end? Right. You know, I know, you pretend you're Stacey and I'm Gertrude and we'll, you know, we'll say we're from a marching band or something, you know, yes. like, I, I guess I used to do that in my early 20s anyway because I was, I was still, I was still being silly. But yeah, um, we do. And I think it's a, I think at the core of joy, it's a really interesting thing for us to, to talk about this following the joy because I think at the core of joy, what, what human beings need at the base of, of being able to be in that kind of state of joy, which is our connection to, to source and to bliss and to life, is actually joy. When you look at a rose, yeah. when you look at the ocean, when you look at a dolphin, right, the, the state of joy is our, is our baseline. Yeah. And what humans require to be resourced in our joy is actually safety and connection. Mm. Some of us need connection more to feel safe yeah. and some of us need safety to feel more connected, right? Yeah. But that is, that's, it's actually that simple, you know, and you see that from the moment we're born mm-hmm. and we're trusting that we're going to be given connection and safety to thrive. Yeah. Yeah. And why most of us aren't thriving as adults is because as babies, we did not have that baseline of safety yeah. and connection, which then allowed us to be in the joy of being human. It's so true because things like controlled crying <laughs> exist, you know, like, oh my gosh. And I did that with my eldest and I was like, it's the most horrendous thing because, you know, I oh, just... And yeah. putting the baby in another room and shutting them I out know. from the world in a, in a weird like bars up around it. I like know. I just think the whole picture to me is just so bizarre, but even birth, I mean, the way uh, we birth is the way we live. We could go down a whole conversation yeah, around the medicalization of birth and how Definitely that has really could. disconnected ourselves from yeah. safety and connection. It has. And I did a podcast on this with um, my beautiful friend Clancy a few weeks ago. And yeah, we spoke about all of this because I had three, my first three kids all induced in hospital, natural birth, but very medicalized, you know, um, in the system, in the system, just exactly what it is in the system. When you don't know any different, I didn't know. I just, from what I was, uh, around, like, that's just how it was. That's just how women birthed. And I didn't know any different. I had never got exposed to anything different. And so baby number four was a home birth and, totally different experience. I didn't see a doctor throughout my whole pregnancy. Like I, I went once very early on, I was about maybe six weeks. Um, other than that, I just saw a midwife um, and didn't even see a midwife until about 20 something weeks. You know, I was so different. Yeah. Whereas before I was doing all the things like go and get the ultrasound and go and do the tests and go on. And I, I had none of that. Um, so what changed for you, Carly, from baby three to baby yeah. four? There was eight and a half years gap and um, I just, yeah. So I always say my daughter flipped a switch when she was coming out the birth canal <laughs> because she absolutely was my awakening to a whole different world. Um, I had already got, so she was born in 2009 and I'd say 2007 I kind of went down the personal development path. Um, a friend introduced me to The Secret <laughs> And, you know, I won't even go there, but, you know, it definitely started something for me and the whole questioning of, oh my gosh, like it blew my mind that I had not been exposed to this before. And I was like, wow, 
my thoughts are so fucked up. (laughs) No wonder, you know, I'm creating the life that I'm currently living. And, um, so that was a start, but 2009, after she was born, that was when I, a whole other world of more spiritual nature opened up to me. And she was absolutely that. And so, so much shifted after her birth. Um, yeah. So it was that process, that eight and a half years of growth from the time I had her to, um, yeah, the time I had number four was, yeah, just, mm. I was just a totally different person and it was just a and, whole other And like, world. what did that gift you? What did that gift you, that, that shift and that change, that oh, awakening? Gosh. I just, I'm just a completely different parent to what I was, mm. you know, when I had the other kids because, um, yeah, I, I trust in it completely. Like I think, you know, when I look back to my eldest who came in at a time where we were, we were young, we we're 21, my husband was 23 and yeah, they just came in at a world where they did not get the best of us, let's put it that way. And, um, but I trust in that, in their journey, they needed us. They, yes. I've always believed, you know, our children, all children choose the parents that they need to come in and learn their life lessons and all of those things. And so I trust. I don't ever look back and think, oh, my gosh. I mean, part, part of me does. I'm like, oh, gosh, I wish I could have been a different parent to them, of course. But they needed us like that to yeah, have the and journey that they... Their witness to you, your, your evolution. Yeah, yeah, which I think has been also so conf- especially the two older boys watching me, it's been confusing for them sometimes of, like, you're a different person now. Um, they've seen that. and But they've also seen... Like you said earlier with, um, you know, our husbands in that my husband's the same, still can come from a bit more of an authoritarian model of parenting and and that's fine as well. Like I just think that there's something in that, you know, that we are with men that are like that who are are beautiful men Um, and I've watched his evolution as I have Mm. also grown, you know, and Mm. that is it's powerful because I agree with you hundred percent with what you're saying is that there is something about, um, you know, the women are shifting it. It is, it's, we are the ones that are going first. Um, and that can feel heavy sometimes it used to for me. And I don't feel like that anymore. I used to, it used to feel like a burden, like why, why does it have to be on us? And I used to get annoyed yes. <laughs> that he wouldn't yeah, well, do the work. Yes, That's right. It and feels now I burdensome. Yeah. When you feel like, when you feel like you're you're the one carrying the change and yeah. why aren't you keeping up with yes. this, you know? And that that is restrictive rather than just being expansive in the knowledge. Like I think it's John Wineland that uses this beautiful analogy of the women being everything, the ocean, the weather system, the sky, the clouds, the plants. That's mm. the female feminine energy, right? The yeah. the fertile nature. Mm. Yeah. And then the 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 masculine is the yacht in this the ocean, the ecosystem mm. of the woman. And they are like this container that is saying, I'm here and what do you need? Where do you need me to go, right? Yeah. What is the best direction? Yeah. And I think it's a really beautiful way and a healthy way of looking at the masculine and the feminine mm-hmm. because yeah. when the masculine is in, it's not being asked to be feminine, but it's actually being asked to sit in that construct, that held together container of a yacht 
and then saying, I am here and I'm not going anywhere. You can get as rough and yeah. as rage filled and as, <laughs> in, you know, like weathery yeah. as you need to, but mm-hmm. I will be here. You just yeah. point me in the direction you need me to go. That's so powerful. And I just think, I mean, I, in that eight and a half, I mean, 10 years, over 10 years now, I, I deep dive right into all the new agey stuff. Like I was so deep in it and I've come out the other side going, <laughs> most of that's just false light bullshit that I don't believe in anymore. However, I just, I remember I used to get and so And that's frustrated. an awakening unto itself. Oh yeah. That's my awakening from my awakening. I call it like, holy shit. Like there's so much bullshit in there. And that's a whole other conversation as well. But what I used, I remember I used to get so ang- angry and frustrated at him and be like, cause he would just be like, nah, I don't believe in that bullshit. And he was so solid in himself. And I look back now and I think, thank fuck you were like that. Thank you for holding I that energy. Too. Like that you didn't come down that rabbit hole of bullshit with me and end up someone that you're not, you know, he was so yep. solid in it. He was just like, yeah, he's yeah. I'm, Yes. It's a very emasculating process, I think, that happens down that path for many men. And I'm so glad that he just stood in his ground and just went, no, that is not for me, Carly. I'm not going there. And yeah, at the time I thought, fuck you. (laughs) Um, But didn't push, like, yeah, I did push, but not, I would let it go. I would just be like, no, that's fine. But there was a part of me that just so deeply wanted him in my world. And yeah, I just think I'm so glad he didn't come into it. I am. I'm truly yeah, glad totally. that he just kept holding that energy of not, that's not for me and trusting himself enough. And that won't enough. stop. Like that won't stop as a couple who's choosing to evolve together yeah. is that there'll be things that you hold, which are outside of his healing journey. And you'll yeah. just hold, hold, yeah. hold until he's ready to kind of, you know, totally. move on from that. And then he's, he, and he did that for you. He kind yeah. of held his truth and his alignment and was like, yeah, cool. You go, you go <laughs> dance in thing. the woods naked and, yes. and I'll be here when you're back, you yeah, know, exactly. and it's like, it's kind of beautiful when you think about, you know, Elton and I are coming up to 10 years in our marriage, 14 years together and, and 10 okay. years married at the end of this month. And, um, we've actually just started seeing a couples counselor Mm -hmm. and we both looked at each other and we're like, what is the intention for this? You know, we both want to be again with intentional living. He knows that I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask something like that. And we both said that, you know, with any role in life, any role you've committed to, there would be a review of the contract, right? Whether it be Mm -hmm. two years, five years, 10 years. And we wanted to take the opportunity to review our contract with each other, our energetic soul contract with each other coming this decade, you know, and actually ritualize not with a big fat golden something around my fingers or dripping from my neck, actually with a, Hey buddy, where are you at? Where am I at? Who am I? Who are you? And what do we want now moving forward in this next decade? Where's our contract at? You know, where are the holes? Where do we need to re-sign? You know, that's so powerful. And I think, um, yeah, I think that's something that more couples need to do. And um, something that I have not spoken about online at all is um, Justin and I actually separated for 18 months um, and have only been back together for a year, you know, maybe under a year. I don't, I don't know where are we are, about an hour, about a year. Um, yeah. And that was essentially the same thing. And it took us 18 months of like going through our own stuff and challenges and 
really renegotiating our contract, coming back together. Like, what do we actually want? You know, like. Right, but that space is a renegotiation as well. And that's another thing that's shit in our marital system, right? We talk Mm. about education (laughs) system and stuff, is that we then make up a story about needing to take space from our partner right and there's no story needed it can just be you know before when we got engaged we then had 10 months apart from each other after getting engaged and it was almost like a a, do i want this do i really want this do you really want this you know it was like we was almost testing each other and ourselves in like well yeah no we we actually really do want this but it took us that 10 months of space after our engagement to actually go yep i'm in yeah, that's amazing. And I mean, in that 18 months, I definitely went through periods of like, we are so not getting back together and yes. periods of like, I feel like we're going to. But um, yeah, there was a lot of growth that happened. And now- our and deconditioning. Deconditioning so much. And our, our relationship now is so different. Like mm. it is just, it's so different. It's Kudos like- Kudos to you yeah. guys. Yeah, thank you. It was- it was a big journey. <laughs> it was a big journey, but um, yeah, yeah and I'm not proud void of, us. of its pain, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Not void of its pain. Yeah, definitely. And but when I when I look at what we're creating now and where we're at now, I just think even just how we handle things that come up, it's just so different. I just think it's, it's like being with a completely different person, but we have, but here's you know, hoping, almost 20 right? years of like, yeah, here's hoping stuff. 20 years later that yeah. you still, you know, like at 21, that is such a, mm. you know, to meet somebody and then to co-create with somebody oh, yeah. is like, it was you big. know, it's huge. Yeah. It's 20, huge. 20, Respect I've got together six months. I was pregnant and yeah, first baby, you know, and then we had, so we had our eldest and then 19 months later, number two came along and then we got married. So within three years, it was wow. like boom, 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 boom. boom and boom, boom. it was like crazy. <laughs> but yeah. um, again, like we had, yeah, that's, that was our contract with each other. Like well, that's right. And is it crazy? Like if no, we're looking at deconditioning, you go yeah. into is absolutely perfect. Yeah. And then it's absolutely perfect that at this time, once the kids are at a, at a, at a place in their journey too, that you're able to go, let's just take some space mm. and like reconnect to ourselves to be sure that this connection is something we want to keep we actually want. our energy to. That's you know? right. And we actually chose oh, it. So beautiful. You know, like really consciously chose because we could have just gone, you know what? like 18 months would have just probably been easier in some ways to go yeah just keep going on that path that we're going but it's like no that yeah that deep desire to choose each other again was just there and um Mm. yeah so again it does walking the path together yeah yeah at least I mean who knows I I I think the other thing that we have lost is the attachment like there's yes. not that attachment there of like, we have to be together. Um, yes. There's just like this just c- complete trust in each other that this is working so well for us now. Isn't and that gorgeous? who knows what the future holds. Like we don't hold anything to, yeah, I mean, I do hope that we will grow old together. But if we don't, that's perfect too. And that's the other yeah. massive um, evolution that has happened for me over the last decade is that this just complete trust in life and what it's delivering to me. And even when yeah, it feels trust shit. in you now, right? Yeah. So that's the, that's the difference is you yeah. can trust in life. Like again, the safety and connection piece yeah. because you've been using the muscle of trusting oneself, right? Yeah. Which your daughter has so beautifully instigated oh, she has. through the unschooling journey. It's like, yeah. wake up mama, 
Yeah. You know, like I really need, I really need you to trust me. And in order to do that, you need to trust yourself. Yeah. And it's, it is a choice daily. I think every day when you wake up, remember life has not um, been created on you, right? It's created for you and through you. So this is, this is choice day by day by day. And that attachment that you talk about is our attachment to how we think things should be. Mm. Right. And we do this also with our homeschooling. People say, Um, oh, but once we homeschool and we register for homeschooling, then that's, you know, the next 12 years years of my life. And I say, why? Why? Like your child may turn around and say that they want to go to school for a term, Mm. right? And And do (laughs) do you even know, I say to some of my clients, that you can send your child part-time legally in Australia, you can send them part-time to school. What do you mean Mm. part-time? Well, if the school allows it, they can go three days a week, not five. Mm. Really? Yeah, You know, so this attachment to how we think things should be or how they've been sold to us rather than actually genuinely hand on heart and trusting oneself. What, what do I want? What does it feel Mm. like? You know, and And when my son at five, yeah, turns around to me and says exactly what your daughter said, but he said, I said, what is it about school? He said, it's not safe and it's unkind. And I was like, okay cool i'm going to listen to that yeah <laughs> and that's i'm going huge. to you know and then he asked me if teachers were um this was a bit later when he was about 6 he said mum when you learn to become a teacher in the curriculum do they teach you blackmail and i said blackmail what is blackmail like i didn't even think you yeah. know what the concept was and he yeah. said you know like punishment and reward if you do this you'll get that if you don't do this you won't get that and he said, is that part of the curriculum in becoming a teacher? And I was like, no, it's not. But here, here, why, here is why that is yeah. in that culture. And I explained to him about one teacher to 26 kids, blah, 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 controlling the environment. But his mind was just so beyond this idea of like needing to put up your hand to go to the toilet. No. Um, you know, why can't I eat when I want to eat? In preschool, they even had them like cross their arms across their chest when they were in line for the toilet, when they were telling them they could go so that they didn't poke the person's hair in front of them. Like, so they're all waiting for the toilet, standing there like this. And he just was like, why, mum? Why do I have to do that? You know? Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah. I think yeah. just that detachment of how things should be and actually looking at what feels right for me. I know. know. I know. And trusting. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a deep level of trust. And when my daughter did this, I was mid launch in, I was about to, I was in the middle of a launch of a course and I just put everything on hold. Cause I was like, I just, yeah, I just trust you. I know that this is what needs to happen. And I, know. Um, I had a whole year. I had a whole year of my business outlined. It was like February. Here we go. <laughs> I've got one kid out of the nest. I'm going to have yeah. this time, this time. And then it was like, yeah no no but it's perfect isn't it because you look at exactly because look at your world now and I just think yeah I'm just so glad I don't have that don't have kids in in the system me too and um my 15 year old does want to go back to school and um I've always trusted them the two oldest have always gone in and out of school and when we're traveling homeschool when we're not they go back into school because that's yeah. And I mean, as I said, they came in at a very different time. Their journey is very different to the two younger ones. It's like, when I look at my life, I've just experienced so much of the polarity in all, all areas, you know, like, yeah. So I trust in that. And um, yeah, I've really got to see both, both worlds clearly. And um, yeah, it feels, you know, where you sit, 
mm. you know, where you sit yeah. within those worlds, but you needed yeah. to experience both Did. to have a felt sense. Yeah. And I can say like, you know, my, my experience with the older kids and, you know, even just from where I was and, you know, having that whole awakening to a whole different world and thinking different ways. And I can look and at the world right now and go, shit, I used to think like that. Yeah. I can really <laughs> see where they're at because I was like that too. So one, yeah, I have, I can empathize. Yeah. Yeah. And I can really just hold that. Um, because I was like, yeah, I was there too. And that also just gives me so much faith and trust that like, if I was able to do it, you know, they're going to be able to do as well. Like That's it's going to happen. That's beautifully said, Carly. Thank mm. you for saying that. Cause that feels yeah. like medicine for my soul. When you say yeah. it like that, it's like, we're actually all just on a journey yeah. and we'll get there. We will get there. Most, not all, not all of yeah, their no. journey and that's fine. But, and everyone's on their own timeline. I think, you know, expecting someone to be at where you're at is just not going to happen because their journey is completely different. But I know mm-hmm. for all of those that are meant to, they're going to see things yep. that they haven't previously seen before. When that wool comes off your eyes and you're like, holy fuck, I cannot believe I didn't see this before. But, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's such a beautiful thing once we do lift, lift that. So mm-hmm. it sure is. Oh, before we wrap up, Kelly, thank you so much for thank you today. Like such, such an amazing such an amazing conversation. But I would love for you to share what's happening in your world right now. How can people connect with you? How can they come and see your hilarious reels on Instagram? Like share it with us all the things. I'll put in the show notes too, but I like to hear it. Yeah. Um, well, my website's currently under a little juji, but you can jump in there for the old version. Hopefully, December first, it'll be all out with a with a, a fun launch of some Ooh. kind. But it's at kellybrown.com.au, mm-hmm. and then Kelly Coach is kind of like where that's my handle for Instagram. So come and play with me there. And please, if you've enjoyed something and you want to like continue the conversation from here, jump into my inbox because uh, that's how I thrive: is through yeah. conversation and responding to people's thoughts and feelings and reflecting back and that kind of thing. So I really love just uh, connected conversation. So I'm open for that. Yeah. And so thank you for inviting me here to have a connected conversation. It's the best. It's the best. That's how I thrive too. It's just like nothing lights me up more than just sitting with beautiful women and having conversations about these kind of things. Because I think, you know, this is in the intro episode, it was like, this is what I want to do and just, you know, normally we have these conversations in private all the time. Yes. And I just think, I know, gosh, gosh, people I need to hear this stuff. That. I know, <laughs> I know, so much gold. And yeah, I think this was what was like for me when I, when I would hear other people talk about their experiences, it expanded what was possible for me. And yeah. I'm like, we need more of that. We need to be able to hear more expansive stories and, just so hear true. how people are, are living and doing things differently and that there's no one right way. That's something else that I'm very <laughs> big on. It's like, there's no one right way. Don't come and try and do it exactly the same as how Kelly Brown does it. You've got to find your own way, but you can watch someone and calibrate to their energy and yeah. go, yeah, that's, that's giving me something of like showing you how you want it to be, but then finding your way within that is where the goal so is. True. So, Mm. Yeah. And I always say nobody gets to be wrong, right? If there was no, no wrong, 
then what is it? You know, if nothing, just if nothing gets to be wrong, then, you know, what is it? It's you, it's your way. And you're right. You know, that's the beauty of um, having conversation and relating to other people and resonating with other people, especially as women. What is it about that person that brings me excitement and joy within myself, you know, that I can bring more of that to the forefront so we can inspire each other in that way rather than feel like we're comparing or in competition, which I think has kind of been the stale model within the system is actually we can just inspire each other to be more of ourselves. Yeah. And when you have that self-awareness, if, if it does trigger you in some way, it's like, you know, yeah. oh, she's got something. She's got something for me. Yeah, like, that's important yeah. to me. That, yeah. that, that thing that she's got, I want yeah. more of that because yeah. that's actually really important to me to express yeah. myself in that way. And why am I not expressing myself in that way? Because someone told me when I was seven, it was stupid or, yes. you know, whatever it is. Yes. And no one's going to be goofy like me. Like someone else is going to have an incredible warmth, like this deep warmth that you can't sort of look away from. Like someone mm-hmm. like Jane Hardwick, Collins. I don't know if you follow her, but she's like this old wise, Wise. I shouldn't Mm. say old. She's a wise Mm. elder is the word I wanted to say. And when I look at her, I feel the epitome of, of mother and grandmother Mm -hmm. and wisdom and and my whole womb just aches, you know, and I'm, uh, it aches for more of being seen in that way. And I think, oh, well, that's, we're we're different essence, but she's offering me that deliciousness of just warmth and attentiveness and those things that are important to me when I'm in space with women. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And for instigating and inviting these kind of conversations mm. out into the ether. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Kelly. Such a pleasure. Mm. Big love. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Journey of Woman podcast. It truly is the greatest honour to have you take time out of your day to have these words land in your ears. Time is so precious and it truly means the world to me when you choose to invest your time here with me and my guests. And one final note before I leave you today, if you enjoyed this episode, then please take a screenshot and share it over on the gram or Facebook and make sure you tag me and my guests and tell us what you loved about it. When you share with your friends and family, that helps me to get these episodes into more ears. And for that, I am truly, truly grateful. Have yourself an amazing day and I will see you 